everyone, and welcome back to another lunch break with Kyle. Uh, today I have my cousin, Isaac Wood. He's the head cross-country coach for Salt Lake Community College, or SLIC. He's also the executive and director and co-founder of the Run Elite Program, or REP, which is the only state-funded professional running entity in the entire country of the U.S. He's also the head advisor for the Cambodian track and field team. Yeah, kind of funny, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which, for those who don't know, um, uh, Isaac served a mission, uh, church mission that had Cambodian speaking. I mean, was, that was the main Yeah, thing, my assignment right? was to learn Cambodian. Right, so. and so that kind of led into that kind of thing, I'm guessing, yeah, right? Yeah, that was, that was part of it, was born. yeah. Yes, yeah. exactly, yeah. So, um, so there's a lot of stuff we could go today, but obviously we wanted to talk about individual running. Um, and... I guess the biggest thing is, I guess the first question I would think of is, what age is the start to start your professional individual running career? So, you know, or is there an age that you look at and you're like, hey, yeah. if they're not here, if they're not at this point by this by this age, and they're done. Yeah, I mean, you know, obviously, I think from a pro standpoint, by the time you're in college, you have a pretty good idea if you're going to be good enough. Okay. Especially by the time you're done, because you know, if you were to go to the NCAA national championships in track and field or cross country is going to be littered with sports agents for runners who are looking to help sign the next great pro runners. And, you know, there's, you can only really sign, you know, depending on how good you are, but you're looking at five to 10 in each kind of event area, probably that get pro contracts every year. Oh, and so there's thousands of runners. Yeah, there's a lot. So it's tough to go pro. Um, You know, if you're talking about just actual running, you know, I think I think uh, I advise parents all the time of like, do not take let your kid take this too seriously too too soon. You know, mm-hmm. I think that there's a lot of um, parents who get excited when they see their kid run a fun run five k really well, and they think, oh wow, this is it. I buy a ticket. You know, <laughs> this kid's gonna be a, a star. He's gonna get a scholarship. He's gonna be a pro. Whatever. And uh, you know, you kind of I kind of tell most parents like, chill, 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 chill. I you know. Let him, let him or her just enjoy running, mm. you know, let them keep playing whatever sports they're playing on top of it, like soccer, basketball, football, lacrosse, volleyball, baseball, whatever it is, right? Right. Um, and then as they start to get older, then maybe you can start to look at specializing a little bit more, but don't want to do that too early, so. Right. Not that I'm a runner at all, but in middle school, I got really into cross country, so I'd wake up early and go running every morning, and because of that, because I was growing, I get tendonitis in both knees. Mm. Yeah, that happens when you're growing, right? Like, obviously, yeah. when your, your body's changing, it makes it hard. Because I thought, like, okay, this is it. So I started running, like, you know, training for half marathons, ran half marathon, did 5Ks all the time. Again, granted, again, I'm not a pro runner in any in any bit, but that would, like, kill my knees. But so by first sophomore year, I was wearing braces all the time. And I'm like, yeah, I can't run as far anymore. Yeah, you know, and... and- okay, we're back. Sorry, there was a little... I got a call, and we had to stop it, but we're continuing back. So, so when someone's younger you know run a 5k well you tell parents you know chill yeah yeah yeah. don't get too excited you know let them let them keep doing all the things that they're doing i think i think uh youth start to specialize too early mm-hmm. and i think it actually limits their their upside of potential as a college or pro athlete because of that so i think the earlier you start specializing the 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 lower your ceiling becomes oh, okay. and so you want to kind of wait you know that's what i, that's what I tell parents um, about, you know, especially in regards to running. So, yeah. Right. Um, 
Okay, so non-pro, just individual running, right? Yeah. Is there someone that you would never work with? Is there a a, a person, um, body type, uh, personality, work ethic that you would like not gonna work? Sorry. Um, that's a good question. Or is it usually yes? Because then you can yeah you kind of have to try to see if it fails or not. I would say I'm usually a yes, but you'd learn quickly if it's gonna work or not. Okay. For example, so when I first started coaching individuals, I actually did it for free because I thought, nice. I just want coaching experience and I want to be a nice person. You know, I was young and so I started coaching a few people for free and you know what? It did not go well. Oh. They, it, like, I had one person who was like frustrated with me and I was like, well, I'm doing this for free. Another yeah. person who just showed zero commitment after a while and I was putting forth this, what I felt like was a significant effort. So I think the problem is that there has to be some sort of accountability and that transaction of money changing hands actually really legitimizes right. like, someone's desire to actually do this. And so I, I don't charge a lot. In fact, I'm a very cheap coach, but, um, but I, I just think that something, there has to be that transaction of money that allows you to be like, okay, yeah, I, I'm taking this serious and I'm paying this guy. So I better get my, get my fanny out the door and I better mm -hmm. run and I better do these things, you know, um, vis-a-vis, -vis, you know, and so, so back to your point about, you know, what I, who would I take or not take to coach? I think you, I quickly learn when I throw out the, Hey, are you going to, you need to pay me to do this or I'm not going to coach you. You quickly learn how, how, uh, you know, invested these, these individuals are going to be about their running. If, if, you know, depending on if they're like, Oh yeah, no, I'll pay you for sure. I'm interested. I want to do this or, right. Oh really? Hmm. Okay. Maybe, you know, <laughs> maybe I'll find some, <laughs> some, 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 uh, generic runners world training program right. and just hope that that works. You right. Know? So, so, and then there is tons of YouTube out there. Right, there's tons of programs that people just pay for. What's the benefit of the if of an individual coach rather than just a blanket one that you can maybe find online? Yeah, that's a good that's a good question. I think actually, um, there's so much more accountability when it's someone that you know, or at least you have now you now know. You know, right. a lot of the people I coach are people I actually knew before. You know, there's very few people I coach right now that are people I just you know met out of the blue and I started coaching. Maybe only a few. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think, uh, you know, I think that that helps, um, you know, them, you know, feel more connected. And, and so anyway, just that personalized, that personalized. So yeah, so back right. to your point. So the, the, the personalized connection for sure, the individualization, um, you know, I, I have a text conversation minimum once a week with every person I coach. Mm -hmm. And I think that that helps, you know, because they know on Sunday night, I'm going to send them a text saying, how are you? <laughs> and they're going to, they, they get to respond to me with how things are going. And, and if they are not running, then they get to tell me, you know, and also there's, there's, uh, there's different, um, mediums like Strava, which is a running, you know, uh, app that allows you to save, or it's actually, it's for any, any type of exercise that allows you to kind of post your, your, what you did, you know, and I, so I follow my, oh, okay. So just Strava like, just and I can like just an, see like how their runs went and things okay. like that. And so that helps, but like, I mean, look, you can get somewhat far with the YouTube, you know, education on running or, or an online training program, but there's just, there's just something about having a real human being mm -hmm. in writing your workouts that can adapt your workouts to you. Like, you know, you'll get this training plan and what if you get hurt halfway through? Then you're like, oh crap, what do I do? Right. You know? See, if you yeah. have someone who's actually coaching you, they can be like, oh no, you're good. Let's just take this section here. We'll cut this in half and then we'll build back up till 
two weeks later, we're, I feel confident that you can now proceed on what our training plan was, right? Because an um, online program wouldn't have, hey, week three, you twist your ankle. Yeah, right. Yeah. Deviate to this route, right? Exactly. Right. Rerouting. Yeah, of course, they it's don't not have gonna that. happen. No. Yeah. And, 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 you know, it's also, you know, some of those programs, I mean, you just don't want to feel like one size fits all for, no, you know, you want, everyone is different and they should have their own training plan. In fact, the people I coach, like I, I very rarely am giving out the same workout to every single person that I coach. It's always, okay, like uh, every Sunday when I, when I go through the training with each person I coach, it's like, okay, where are you at in your cycle of training? Okay, do you have a race coming up or not? Are you just in the beginning of marathon training? Are you right towards the end? Mm-hmm. Are you, where are you? Are you just training for 5Ks and halves? And, you know, the training is going to look very different, right? And so right. keeping it individualized that way also allows you to, for some just, uh, you know, to be able to, uh, I think improve. I think you just can improve more underneath a real coach. I right. just think, I think that's just the the accountability, the customization of the workouts, and just the, the um, hopefully having a coach who inspires you and helps you yeah. want to get better. Right. So anyway. <laughs> and besides the personalized approach, are there some broad, base, foundational type stuff that everyone needs to do, and then from there they kind of build off of that. Yeah, I mean, I think so. I mean, honestly, the, the rule number one is just get your get your fanny out the door, get your shoes on, and go outside and run. You know, right. or, or walk. I mean, you know, if you a lot, so so much is individual, right? So, like, I would say, you know, if you haven't run in a very long time, you should probably do a walk run. You know, thing for a while. You know, maybe you maybe you are you know uh, five minute run. 10 minute walk, five minute run, you know, and that's your 20 minutes, you know, I don't think you should, the one blanket thing I will tell you is you shouldn't do anything for less than 20 minutes. I don't think anything under 20 minutes is going to help you aerobically at all. Oh, so even if, so if you're going to go outside and go run or walk or something, do it for at least 20 minutes, at least 20 minutes. Yes. Otherwise you're not really getting any around the blocks and that count. Around the block is, I mean, look, I, I still think there's value to just getting getting out the door and just doing something just right. from a habitual standpoint. Yeah. But I do think that, you know, the science says 20 minutes. So. Mm-hmm. And currently we live in Utah, right? Yep. We have high. High altitude. High altitude. How much does that play a factor? Like, can you see a real factor when people come from different states to come visit and, and race or is it, you know. Yeah. I think I think it's a factor, especially with those. It's it's. I think it's actually more a factor the benefit of going to sea level. Oh, okay. So, for example, um, in college track, the um, the the like they have like what they call descending order lists, meaning mm-hmm. like of the of each time everyone in you know a conference or the or division one or you know I'm in the NJCAA for junior colleges like. They have this, this, these descending order lists for the NJCAA, and the standard is sea level. So when we run meets, they actually get converted from altitude to sea level to a certain mark, and there's science behind all of it that's been proven. And, oh, and so, okay. for example, we had a meet today, mm-hmm. and um, I had several. I had all my athletes get the times that they ran converted to sea level, and some of them were able to move up the descending order list ranking in the NJCAA because they were able to run fast here and even better with the conversion. Oh, so for example, if they ran like a 213, I'm not sure. Okay, you give me an example. No, I'll give you an example. Here's a good yeah, It's fine. <laughs> I'm just going to name it. Just, here's, here's an example. So um, I had a girl run 520 in the mile. Okay. Okay. Her time now converted on that descending order list to 515. Oh, that much? You get five, five seconds a mile up here. 
Jeez. Yeah. That's a lot in running. It is a lot. And it gets more the longer you go. So for two miles, you get probably 11 to 12 seconds. And then for 5K, you're getting about 30, you know? Okay. Um, for 10K, you're getting about a minute. But if you go to California and it's at sea level, then there's no adjustment? You, you, get no, you get no adjustment, and you shouldn't because you should feel good. You know? Other than your own personal training. You should, just, you should just, like, you just, you know, you just you feel like you're gulping oxygen, you know? Right. It's like you can see letters of O2 wandering <laughs> through the air as, you know, there's so much oxygen. So, right. Anyway. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Um, if someone wanted to start today, right? Start a 5K, it's My in... My training plan for 5K. Yeah, yeah. I've, got, I've, got, I've got a 5K in, in September. I don't, but this is someone Yeah, does. yeah, fun hypothetical, got it, yeah. First step is get out the door, right? Yeah, yeah. Do you worry about the shoes at all? Oh, yeah, there's lots of things to worry about, you know, early on, right? But like, like the average runner, like how much... Yeah, I think the average runner, you know... Um, you, you, you probably shouldn't start a new training plan with shoes that with like super super old running shoes you know um i mean obviously like if you if you have running shoes that are old but you've never worn them then maybe that's different but you know i i would suggest going to a running store mm-hmm. a running specialty store and talking to the people there who know what they're doing let them do a gait analysis on you okay. and figure out the right shoe that fits that feels good and then start with there you want to start like you want to be confident like oh i love this shoe Sometimes new shoes just get you excited, like, oh, I can't wait to, to do, go on a run in my new shoes, you know? Right. Um, and so I would suggest that, and then I would suggest just start getting the habit in place that you that you run every day or walk or exercise every day or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever the plan is. Maybe it's four times a day, four times a week, you know? And then I've heard also that, um, like, before, like before, for example, if it's a 5K or, like, a, you know, a half marathon, that day before or, like week, or a couple days before, you should run that entire length. Is that a good practice or bad practice? Um, for a marathon, bad practice, you know. Okay. Um, even for a half marathon, even you know, honestly, no. I think I think what I would do, what I typically suggest is, especially for my marathoners, is that like three weeks out they do their longest run. So three weeks out, I'll have them do a twenty to twenty-two miler. Okay. And then they'll taper down from there for their long run. So Saturdays or Sundays, whenever the long run is, they'll go you know twenty-two three weeks out, and the next week would be like seventeen or eighteen. The next week you know, 13 or 14, then they race the marathon the following week, you know? Mm, okay. Um, and, uh, you know, because a lot of times they actually, well, a lot of the, a lot of old coaches and I've adapted this, my, or adopted this myself. will say like, you know, the last couple of weeks of marathon training is just like maintenance mode. Mm. They call it, or like the haze in the barn, you know, like, you know, you know, it, you're, you've already done all the work. You just need to stay healthy Get and, sleep. And, and yeah, sleep well, hydrate well, eat well. And that's, that's, you know, all that will then end up panning out to helping you run your best at the, at the you know, race day. So, um, have you ever trained someone to do something a little more, more unorthodox is just a straight up marathon, but like, you know, like the Red Rocks has the, the, the race where they like go up and down the hills and trails stuff like that. Sure. Have you ever trained someone to do that kind of stuff too? I've done some, I've worked with some people who have done those in the middle of some of like a training cycle with me. Mm-hmm. Um, and the only thing I have, I do differently is I, I just have them, um, they're doing a lot more trails, like specific intentional trail running. And they might, depending on what the distance is, like I'd say it's a 50K, which is what? Uh, five more miles more than a marathon. Way too long. Um, so you're looking about like a 30 mile run, you know, like then maybe they'll, maybe they'll end up doing a full marathon, you know, 
three or four weeks out on on the trails, you know, that kind of thing. Like, so much of it is, you know, status in your training. Like, this is maybe a little too much mumbo jumbo, but like, you're trying to satisfy the law of specificity as well as you can mm-hmm. um, through your training, but also develop these different energy systems, right? So, through all of that science mumbo jumbo that we're not really going to get into, you know, you want to you want to be able to, um, you know achieve a certain level of fitness in each of these energy systems, including satisfying the law of specificity, which is if you're run- the race you're running or that your goal is, if you race that or run that, then you're, re- you're doing 100%, uh, you're reaching 100% of the law of specificity because you're actually okay. f- satisfying it one, uh, one over one. Right, you know? train your body to hit that mark so when you do it, you hit it. Right, right. Yep. So. Okay, gotcha. I had a question and I lost it for a second. Give me a moment. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> I can keep talking because I like I like I like the sound of my own voice. So I do think that there's yeah. some value to just you know um, having really hard workouts. Like like um, uh, oh, that's what it was. It was workouts. So. Okay. Yeah. Good. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Talk more Please. about that. <laughs> yeah. So um, you know, there's lots of varieties of workouts, lots of different uh, rationales for when you do, how you do, you know, what time do you do, what workouts, and things like that in the training. I do block. feel like every year. Or every couple of years, there's a, a huge viral something that goes big, and, that, and then everyone does it, and then that kind of dies off. There's a new something viral going on. Right? Yeah. Recently, I've had a lot of my, my athletes I coach talk to me about, like, zone two. Should I be in zone two more? And I'm like, oh, my gosh, you guys, like... like so is this just zone three? Well, there is. Yeah, there <laughs> is. <laughs> but, but I just, like, you know, listen... I th- actually, one thing I've learned recently is the more complex people try to make things, the more insecure that person is about what they know. Oh, okay. And so I think I am, the, I, and I'm not like, I'm not going to like say like I know everything about exercise, exercise, I don't have a degree in exercise physiology. A lot of coaches do. They right. have a degree in history. It's like a great backup plan, you know? Right. But, um, but I have done this long enough to know how to train athletes, how to train runners. And I just think you keep it, keep it. You know, simple, stupid, you know, kiss, yeah, right? You know, yeah. like, just keep it simple, you know? Um, I'm not going to try to, like, let's not worry about zone two. How about we just, how about when you go run on XYZ day, Monday, Tuesday, whatever, like, whatever my training prescri- prescription is for that week, just do it because I know what I'm doing. And we can talk about zone two or zone three later. But, like, you know, these all these watches now have, like, oh, you spent more time in zone three today. And it's like, well, because your heart rate was up, but, yeah. you know, really, like, you know, what people are becoming a little bit too dependent on their watches and not listening to their bodies. I, I, one, one thing oh, I focus okay. on a lot is what I would call is what's called perceived exertion, right? Like what, how do I actually feel today and right. learning how to feel your body out to the point where, you know, like, you know, I, like, like, uh, for example, Mondays for most of my training are going to be moderates. We call it moderate Monday. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I want it to be a run that feels like, yeah, it was a good solid run. I wasn't, I wasn't like, it wasn't, you know, jogging. It didn't feel like a slog, but it definitely wasn't anything too fast. And but I just felt good, you know. And and I want the perceived exertion level to be moderate. Right. Some some weeks or some Mondays, that's going to be, you know, for one of my girls, that might be seven forty five minute mile pace. Mm-hmm. Another week, it could be seven fifteen, you know. But so much of that is just based on what their perceived exertion of what moderate is. Okay. So just feeling. Yeah, going off the feel, running for the feel. You know, right. I think that's that's an underrated aspect of of, of training for sure. So too reliant on technology. I think so. I think sometimes, yes. You know, I mean, look, if, if you don't want to pay for a coach or you don't want a coach or you're just getting started in it, a watch is probably going to do you more good than nothing. That's you know? true. Yeah. So, um, but I'm always going to advocate for, 
getting a coach, you know, I just think that there's value in having someone that you can ask a question to about anything, anytime. You has, know? In the history of running, has it really changed that much as far as like application style? I mean, style maybe a little bit, but I think there has been some changes, some changes in, in, um, and just greater learning in the science of exercise physiology, mm-hmm. um, and, uh, and, you know, endurance training and distance running training. And there's lots of people who try to come in and reinvent the wheel and try to say that they're the greatest coach and their athletes are getting better because they're doing this new XYZ thing. I, I typically don't prescribe to that. I prescribe to the kind of more tried and true methods. Um, and, and uh, you know, um, those who are excited about... Listen, the, the biggest thing is is it's all about the stimulus, okay? I'm trying not to do too mumbo-jumbo here, but, like, like it's all about the, what the stimulus is. So if the stimulus is, you know... I just need my, my athletes need more variety. I've been doing the same workouts with them for several years now. They're getting mm. bored. Well, maybe let's switch up the stimulus and we'll do two hard workouts in one day. Okay. That's what some people are doing, right? They'll they'll do they call it double threshold days. So they'll in the morning they'll run six miles at threshold pace, which is right at the point where their body is still buffering lactic acid and it's not building up. They're able to buffer it. Okay. Oh, okay. And so they'll do six miles right at that pace, and then you know. Eight hours later, ten hours later, you know, that afternoon, they'll do, you know, the same kind of threshold level work, but like maybe in an interval form. So they'll do, you know, uh, eight by 800 meters at that, at that same pace, you know, and, okay. and then they'll take two days off and, and give ourselves, give themselves a little bit more recovery. That's one of the more like trendy, um, ap- new applications that I haven't subscribed to yet. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm also stubborn and I like what I like and I, I, what I've been doing works, but you know, I think, you know, you have to be willing to listen and, and see, you know, if, if maybe you could be doing something different or better. So and it's just based on, Hey, I'm bored with what I'm doing. I'm able to take on more so you, then you, you say yeah yes, it's just or... it's just about this it's just about the stress and adaptation it's about the stimulus so like if, you, if you're like you know what like i think these kids could use a different a different stimulus and doing two different hard workouts in the same day might be the whoop, the 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 jump start that they might need to to maybe you know get back on track if they're having a, if they're struggling training wise or whatever i think you know um i just think in general uh training is so much of it is is checking to see what works, you know, like, let's try this workout. And you're never going to write perfect training, right? Like, right. And, and especially when I'm coaching a team, like my team, I'm sure that if I were to individualize everything for everyone, that we might have eight different workouts happening at the same time. But I can't do that. Right. So I try to write the best workout that I think will cover the best bases for all the athletes that are going to be running that set, that set workout. Um, I've always, I think most people know legs will go longer than your arms. Right. Yeah, for sure. One time in Boy Scouts, we went on a hike. We got lost. We went down. We went 20 miles longer than we should have gone. But our legs lasted. (laughs) My point being, mentally, how much of it is in your head of like, I know my legs can make it, but some people just shut down for some reason or they lose their pace. How much of it is mental? How much is actually training? Yeah, so much of it is mental, right? Um, In fact, I I, I preach, I soapbox this to my athletes all the time. Stop limiting yourselves. Mm -hmm. Stop, like, the the people who end up making the jump from being good high school runners to great college runners really are just the people who don't limit themselves. They just just work their tails off and then they just go do, they go do whatever their body will let them do, you know, and they test their limits all the time. Right. And yes, they coach, yes, they trust their coaches. Yes, they do the little things right. Yes, their training is sound, all those things. But in the end, like, so much of it is just getting yourself to believe that you can do it. And not limiting yourself and, and setting, you know, expectations that are too low or maybe too high. But you know right. what I mean. Like I think not, li- but trying not to limit yourself is 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 definitely something I preach a lot. 
are there any, like tricks or hints that you tell people to like to tell themselves or to you know, like sing a song or I don't whatever works sure, for someone, yeah. right? Is there anything <laughs> that you like subscribe to people? Yeah, I mean, I I um I subscribe to the uh, there's a there's a sport a mental strength coach very well known. I think he now just works personally with Giannis Antetokounmpo. Oh. Um, but he's worked with a lot of really uh, powerful and and great sports programs. His name is Dr. Craig Manning, and um, he he uh, he he talks a lot about staying in the moment. Mm-hmm. You know, so a phrase that a lot of runners will will use or adapt is you know run the mile you're in. So like in a marathon, oh. you're 26 miles. You're at mile eight and you're already hurting. Well, don't start. Don't think about mile 26. Right. Stay in the moment right now and focus on this mile right here. You know. Do this one mile, then try, then do the next. And, and I try to get my athletes to do the same thing in practice or in races. Like, just run the lap you're in, run the rep you're in, you know, and then we'll see. You know, most of the time you can do a lot more than they think that they can, and right. it's just getting them to believe and getting them to that point where they can then keep pushing. Have there been any odd ones you've heard that people do that works for them or doesn't work for them, or they think I, I it have works? an odd one? Okay. I have an odd one. Okay, because I, I, you know, if we're talking about staying in the moment, you know, yeah. like doing something that helps you feel present. Sometimes I'll yell at my yell at my athletes to smell something nice. <laughs> I'm like, smell something, you know. Uh-huh. I'll just like be yelling it at a meat, like smell something, you know. Just like try to get yourself out of this weird pace lock or in your in your head, or you're so worried that you're gonna be able to make it. Nope, just think about your your five senses. Like, okay, what am I feeling? Right. What am I smelling? No, oh, it smells ter- probably smells terrible, right? Or whatever, <laughs> you know. Um, just focusing on your senses helps you to kind of stay present, and that's something that some days is a little more uh, more unorthodox, like you know, right. yelling at kids. If it to, works, it works, though. Yeah, I think so. You know, use yeah. your body. Yep, hundred percent. Does anyone have trouble if there's no one running in front of them? Not having someone to push. Yeah. Sometimes people run better from the front when, when they have the adrenaline of leading. Because I know for me, when I did run, if I, if I was in the if I was the front, which didn't happen ever really. I was never good. I always fell back. But if I had someone in front of me, I just like felt like I, I was able to chase someone. You know, I think that's individual, I would say, actually. Like, I think okay. I have some athletes who, yes, are significantly better when they're in the front leading. And I've got other athletes who, like, nope, they love to be kind of tucked in right behind somebody, letting them do the work, and they just sit on them. And, and they wait kind for of the focus kick. On them. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah. So I think that, that's, I would, I would say, for me at least, and from my, from my experience, I'd say that that's more individual. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Cramps. Okay, yeah. I've heard so many different things of why cramps happen, <laughs> and I've heard so many you know whether it's you know dehydration, you didn't eat well, sure. your muscles are bad, you didn't stretch well enough. What is the, do you know the actual reason why we get cramps? Well, I mean certainly it's a fueling issue. Okay, so for my athletes who I train to run marathons, I actually have them about every forty five minutes try to try to put something back in some sort of fuel. So during um, the marathon, during the marathon, yeah. Okay. So you know, um, usually the usually they'll have some sort of a gel because it goes down easier and sits better in their stomach. Um, oh, just to get those Gatorade gel. Things? Yeah, little gels, uh-huh. yeah. yeah. Or just the different brands too. Yeah, there's all sorts of brands, and uh, you know, I would say in general for cramps, you're probably not eating enough potassium. So oh. um, lots of bananas and lots of vitamins. I, I like my athletes just to, just to have a. A multivitamin or several vitamins to to kind of take every morning to to kind of you oh, know, no way. which body. everyone should yeah. probably do anyway. Exactly right. Yeah, <laughs> so we're probably you know I'll, I'm I'm a big meat eater. I'm a big carnivore, and I probably don't get everything else. So right. I'm certainly in that boat of guys who people who probably need a multivitamin. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So does it lack of fuel? Yeah, it's a fueling issue. Yeah. Okay. So if I'm running, you know, mile three or whatever, and my I have a side cramp. Yeah, side cramp is different. That's different. So, okay. Yeah, side cramps. 
um, is is probably an overeating issue, but it's air. It's a pocket of air that's stuck in there. So pocket of air. Yeah, yeah. So okay. most of the time, most of the time, usually when you, you they do, when, you, when I was running, right, and you see the suit, people put their hands above their head. Yeah, you know, I don't know. I think I think sometimes those things are, those things are just mental. You know, okay. like the side cramp itself isn't mental. I'm not trying to gaslight people with side with, <laughs> with with cramps. You know, right? But that way, but like you know, if you're talking muscle cramps, it's a potassium and a fueling issue. If you're talking like a side ache. Mm-hmm. You know, um, a lot of times it's probably because you ate too much, um, or you have too much in there, and Carb it's load. caused an air air pocket to develop. And sometimes all it takes is just a good, you know. I actually one thing I tell my athletes is to just breathe out, push, mm-hmm. breathe out and push, and then breathe in short. So like something like that, you know. Okay. It kind of it, I don't even know if it I don't know the science behind that. <laughs> I just know that it takes our mind off it for a second. And usually it goes away. You know? oh, okay. So, Do you know why the air pocket you know gets created at all? No, I don't actually. That's probably something I should huh. I should learn more about. But I I just know that that's what it is. So that's so funny. Yeah, overeating. Okay, that makes sense. Sometimes it's from over. Sometimes it's having too much food in there or drinking too much water. Or, right. You know, things like that. That makes sense. Okay. Um. What else with individual training would you do for as far as workouts? Like, uh, if someone's at the gym. What should they be working on? I know it's mostly individual, but are there some base things too that they should do? I mean, you know, uh, like leg press compared to a squat or a deadlift. That yeah, kind of stuff. G- gym stuff is going to be minimal. Oh, it's minimal. Yeah. Oh. Um, I, you, you're what you're doing is you're you're the, and if you're going to the gym, you're doing it for maintenance, mm-hmm. um, injury prevention. Okay. Maybe if you're like a middle distance runner to like you know more like a you know a little bit more shorter distance runner you're going to be working on some sort of like explosive stuff there's okay. lots of there's lots of you know um studies that have been done that people who are more you know who have who are stronger have stronger legs and more elasticity in their muscles and things like that are able to put, are able to put more push more energy into the ground which means that their return is greater and they're able to run faster for longer and handle it better but i would say in general for marathoners if you're going to lift it's it's maintenance and injury prevention, you know. Oh, so okay. you're you're trying to you're, the area the muscles in your body that you're not using as much in running are the areas that need to be worked on. So a lot of like uh, Romanian deadlifts, and so some hamstring stuff for distance runners because they're not doing a lot of hammy stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, so hamstring stuff for distance runners, um, n- not really leg press that much. You're gonna do um, you know uh, some upper body stuff just because your arms can sometimes get tired. Um, you know, um, probably you're looking at more um, plyometric work, okay. box jumps, uh, uh, med ball work, and things like that. So, mm-hmm. um, but so outside of that, though, from basic training standpoint, honestly, so much of it is just running every day. Just running every day. Just or even not every day, but like consistently. Just you running. know, yeah. like maybe you maybe you're a four or five days a week kind of person, which is fine. That's a lot of people, especially like people over forty five who haven't run before, mm-hmm. to who aren't like who aren't like college or high school runners. You know, they're just getting into it. Usually, they I, I'm like, okay, let's run three, four, maybe five times a, a week. You know, right. um, and it's just getting you're getting out the door every day. Then when you're a month or two of like, no, I'm I'm habitual. I do this. I've I've been consistent. Okay, then maybe once you're at that point all right we'll throw in this different stimulus maybe we'll do a tempo run or a fart lick or a progression run or we'll do a, some intervals on the track or things like that like yes at that point that's probably the wise thing to do but early on it's just getting your butt out the door that's so simple it's very it's so hard right 
It's so, so so simple, but yet so hard, you know? One does not simply, you know... <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess if you lived in a warm climate all the time, it might be a little bit easier. I think so. The winter is tough, you know? Yeah. Um, a lot of people I coach, I think I actually enjoy working with me in the wintertime more than almost any other time because at least they have someone keeping them accountable. Oh, yeah, that So, makes like, sense. they know the day of reckoning is Sunday evening is coming when I send them a text and I'm like, hey, yeah. how to go? Or if I don't see them on Strava all week, then they know that I'm going to be, you know... What's your so. thought? I saw your treadmill on the back. But what's your thought on, on treadmill running? That's fine. It's good. Because I hate tre- the, I hate I hate treadmill running. Oh, I mean so most most people I get do. so bored. Yeah, nothing it's to look so at. Am I yes. going anywhere? Right, it's you know? boring. I have a few people I coach who love it. Oh, okay. Just because it allows them to be home. So like maybe you're a stay at home mom. And you still want to get your run in. And you right. don't want to get up at six. Okay, well you turn turn bluey on for your kids and run <laughs> exactly the next yeah time, right like whatever. Um, shout so, out to Bluey. Shout out to Bluey. Great, yeah, greatest cartoon on the planet. Um, shout out to the bluey dad. We'll never be him, but no. I can try. Yeah, we can try. Uh, <laughs> so I think that, um, you know, treadmill running has its place, especially when you live in a cold, snowy place like we do in Utah. I think, uh, you know, I even have developed some treadmill workouts, that, oh, okay. uh, like workouts that I think work better on a treadmill than maybe even on the road. But be careful because treadmills forces you to run a pace. So they almost eliminate the mental stuff. Yes, there's weight. There's a ton of mental stuff in treadmill running because right. you just have to stick it out on there, you know, yeah. but it actually eliminates though having to like think about the pace. You know, you set that thing at a certain pace. You, you either run it or you get run off the treadmill. You know, yeah. so that's what I, my and another thing I didn't like about the treadmill too is like I can't stay at like a you know five point six the whole time. I you know I fluctuate a little bit. Yeah, you know? sure. Yeah, and that kind of brings a, a question about pace. How does someone know that they're on the right pace if someone doesn't tell them? GPS watches. GPS watches. Yeah. I mean, can you wear those at, 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 at in all in every the time, race? every and everything. What? Yeah, maybe not in a race per se, like on the track. Okay. Uh, but on a mar- in a marathon road race, yeah. Oh yeah, GPS for sure. You know, mm. yeah, that helps. You know, it's not cheating. No, no, no. It's not. I think uh, it, it would be cheating in a professional race. Yes. Oh, okay. Uh, and and you don't want to run with the watch in a professional race, typically. Right. You know, some people do though, and I don't even know if it's cheating in a professional race. I feel like no, I just lied. Yeah, it's not. I mean, it's not I've seen pros. Hit their watch at the finish line, you know. It just takes. It just. <laughs> you I mean, just won the race, sir. <laughs> yeah, well, it just it's it takes more time. I mean, yeah. it, it you know you're you're losing a little bit of form and focus when you're going looking at your watch, right? Right. So, but if you're getting even remotely serious about r- training for any race, you probably need to get a GPS. Okay. Yeah. You should not be running without that. Otherwise, you're just going to have no idea at what level you're improving at. I mean, obviously, that yes, if you ran, if you went from being sedentary to running consistently for three months. Yes, you're going to be getting faster no matter what your GPS watch would say or do or would tell you, right? right? But I think if you're trying to be somewhat serious about it, I think you should get a watch. Has anyone come to you for training as far as a weight loss goal? Yeah, I've had a couple. And um, what are usually the results? I mean, you know, the best diet on the planet Earth is 80 miles a week, you know? Uh, now, these people are not going to be running 80. That's, that was actually a former men- a mentor of mine's uh, joke about for returned LDS missionaries was, oh, okay. you know, oh, you know, coach, I just got back from my church mission and I'm 30 pounds overweight. What am I going to do? And he's like, hey, the best diet I know is 80, 80 miles a week. So, that's a lot of um, yeah, that's right. I used to coach inmates at the prison to run a marathon. And I used to always say like, you know, another kind of along, a joke along those lines, I would always say like, I don't think I've ever wanted to do anything illegal after a 10 miler. So how about you just keep up those 10 miles a day and you might be okay <laughs> when you get out of here, you know? Um, so, um, you know, from a weight loss standpoint, yes. I mean, you know, I, I, I think it works. Um, just, just being consistent. Obviously, I mean, most people I think would agree with me that the basics of weight loss is calories in and calories out. 
So if you're eating 3,000 calories a day, you got to burn more than that. Right. You know? Yeah. Bottom. That makes sense. But so. it, it, because you also see it sometimes on, again, almost everyone gets their news through social media nowadays. Right. So if you see ads all the time that says, cardio doesn't make you lose weight, then you're like, well, in actuality, it can be an avenue if it fits for you, right? Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, I think I think people who say that are just trying to get people to, to look at what they're doing. You know, they right. have to say something inflammatory to get people to listen to what their product is. By my product, you know? yeah. yeah. So. Um, arms. Running is all about legs, right? But yeah. what about the arms? Yeah, you know, I actually make fun of like coaches when I hear them say, "Go to your arms, your arms." And I'm like, I get like sometimes like you know maybe maybe focusing on their arms might get their mind off their legs or you know there is you know like typically when you're running faster your arms are going to get higher and mm-hmm. you know, they call it like going from hip to ear you know kind of thing. Okay. But like I I I you're probably talking to the guy who cares the least about arms <laughs> when it comes to running. Yeah. So. Like you you never said to someone, "Hey, work on your arms." They you know shred off two seconds of time. No. Oh, okay. Nope. Oh, and okay. and look, if someone listens to this and they know more than me and want to explain to me why that's better, then I would love to be taught. You can leave a comment yes. on the Spotify. Please, app. please leave a comment. And say this guy's a moron. Arms matter. But. Arms matter, but stars may don't matter to a whole lot. Not to me, at least. Okay. Um, anything else for individual training that you'd want to get out there? <laughs> yeah, you know, I think, uh, I think, I think everyone can find a love of running. You know, and I think. Uh, it just starts by getting your getting your butt out the door every day and just trying it, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, there's there's probably no better mental health aid on the planet, in my opinion, than going for a run. That's true. And so yeah, this feel good. That that those those endorphins, those natural endorphin highs that you receive from running is just fantastic and can do a lot for anyone's mental state, whether it's good or bad, you know. Right. Um, and so I, I I would encourage all to at least try it, and you know. Um, I've, I've never been mad at myself for going for a run, you know, bottom yeah. line. And so I encourage everyone to, 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 to do it. I need to do it more myself. So it's good that I'm glad you came Kyle to chat yeah. with me about this. So I can motivate <laughs> myself to run more and be more, maybe more, be more consistent in my own running. So thank you, Kyle. Well, maybe you can hire yourself as a, as a as yeah. coach. I, yeah, exactly. I should hire <laughs> someone better than me probably. So <laughs> okay. I need some motivation, you know? Right. So, uh, thanks, Evan, for listening. Um, if you have any more questions, or Isaac has a, a, a wealth of knowledge, and I would love to talk more about the inmate stuff probably another time. Yeah, that would be another fun podcast, absolutely. Yeah. So. Um, all those stories there. So thanks for listening, and enjoy your lunch.